Welcome everyone to the live stream. Tonight we're excited. We have a special guest and we have a really good and important topic. I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that there is something in the body of Christ, three major strongholds that we'd like to talk about tonight. And, you know, I think some of these things have become taboo to talk about, something that we're not allowed to struggle with as believers, something that... Um, because of that, we don't speak about and really it's time to break that open. It's time to, to really reveal, bring it into the light so that the father can come and bring healing into those areas of our heart that we've struggled with. Things happen in life, terrible things, in fact, things that uh, try us and cause trauma. And when that happens, Yeshua says, bring your burdens to me. Let me come and heal you. And so tonight I want to submit. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the depression. We're going to talk about rejection. We're going to talk about suicide and a few other things like that. I want to I want to introduce our special guest here tonight to you all. Anna Johnson. Anna, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, it's so good to have you. Guys, I just want to say Anna is the founder of Sacred Life Coaching. She is an overcomer coach. She's all about how to give others the mind of Christ through their trials, through their struggles, so that they can think the way that our Messiah thought, so that we can have his mind no matter what we're facing. And she, of course, uses biblical principles in order to go after anything that the enemy is throwing our way. So, uh, Anna, I think tonight perhaps we can open up and just start with talking about, okay, the, maybe we can take it one by one or so. Uh, for example, depression. When someone is sitting with depression, something that, that's starting to overwhelm them and, and, they, and they feel like, you know, this darkness is coming, like what causes that? Where, what are the often the sources of that that you see in people? Mm -hmm. Well, the, you know, I, I'm a retired therapist, so I've seen lots of people, you know, clinically with depression. And actually one of the reasons, one of the ways that I became an overcomer coach was as a therapist, seeing believers and unbelievers and treating both and seeing that the believer actually not progressing at, a, at the same rate or even a better rate than the unbeliever. And so that's part of the reason, like, where I'm at now is just seeing how the body, the body of Christ was suffering, even though we have the victory in Christ. And so really when it comes to depression for the believer, it is where depression doesn't start out as depression. It's usually anxiety. Mm. It's usually worry. And worry works on us until we end up to a place of depression and then depression works on us to a point of suicidal ideation. So it's a progression that the enemy uses to wear us down. Okay. And it is a focus issue. It's totally a focus issue. So yeah. Uh, sorry, a what issue? It's a focus issue. It's okay. where we take our eyes off Christ and we start looking at things that might worry us, fears, pains, and then we, it starts to work on us. But I'm telling you, depression is, it's not the first level of attack. Mm. Yeah, the first level of attack, you, there's usually almost, almost, it's not an absolute, but almost it always starts out as worry, anxiety. And it can be really subtle. So it's, 
you know, it's a concern about something. And, wow. and you know, one of the things that I coach people on is a lot of times anxiety will position itself as wisdom. So it will, you know, say, well, you need to think about this. And then you start thinking about it to a point that you get consumed by it. Wow. That's a really Very good. Sneaky. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. and so what would you, before we get to like someone who's in depression, like how do we as believers stop it from progressing that far? Like when we're feeling anxiety, which we all will and do at times, right? What do we do with that? Well, you know, really it comes with being, you know, being proactive. You know, the word of God has to become real tough. And that's the problem. There's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. So we, there has to be that connection with the father, that relational aspect. And then, then we're much better equipped to overcome or to get through the, the anxiety. So, you know, if you're not putting on the mindset of Christ every day, you're going to get sucked in. You're going to get sucked in because your, your, your focus is, is all off. And, you know, we live in a fragmented society. We live in a very Greek society. So we forget that we're three, like we're made up of three parts. And so we will fragmentally approach our faith. And so that compromises us. It compromises us. You know, if we are every day going through the, fu the, the fundamental things, the foundational things like um, prayer, and not religious prayer, but like conversational prayer right. where we're actually Intimacy practicing. Yeah, practicing um, God awareness or Yah awareness every day. Like it's the first thing we think about when we get up in the morning. It's But what happens is we're not practicing these things. We're not practicing them. We're not following Yeshua, you know, mm -hmm. like totally. And so what happens is, is that we end up um, when when the war comes, when the enemy comes, we don't have our, we're, we're not equipped, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, something I can just add to that is like when we become, the enemy wants to get us so focused on the curses of our circumstances that we can't mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. the blessings that God would have and the promises that God has for us in his word as well as even around us. I mean, I can speak from my personal experience that I have definitely struggled with Fear, anxiety, depression, yep. you name it, all the everything, loneliness and stuff that when you get all of it compounded, the enemy really just wants to put that weight on you and just drown you with it, mm. that you feel like there's, you're, you're, you're like I said, you're drowning. Um, and and if, you, if you think yeah. like, why is he doing that? He's trying to drown your calling, right? Mm -hmm. He's trying to keep you from your kingdom calling. He's trying to uh, paralyze you from walking in what God did call you to walk in. And right. and I think it's so important to be aware of that because, you know, when you feel attacked, when you feel like the world around you is like falling apart or caving mm -hmm. in, like ask yourself, like, why is the enemy after me? Is that, does that not mean that there is a call on my life? Does that not mean that the father is wants to use me? And mm -hmm. does that not mean a call, the father wants you to raise up to be a rise up to be a warrior, and mm -hmm. to trust that he like a warrior not that fights his own fight, but a warrior that trusts in the father to have our backs yeah. and our front and defend and protect us. And right. do you so, have? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I'm going to ask. Yeah. What was that? Okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask you a quick question, like for the lies that we so easily pick up that the enemy tries to tell us about our worth 
about the future, about, like you mentioned, the anxiety, those things that he puts upon us. What would you tell like a young person, someone who's my age, younger, you know, your kid's age, that they're struggling with hearing these lies of you're not good enough, you're, you're, you're a failure, um, your life will never change, God has forgotten you. Um, what's just a few words of, you know, God's word that you would say to that? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that, you know, a lot of times anxiety looks looks like wisdom. It looks like wisdom. And so it's so sneaky and so subtle. So a lot of times it's like you don't just hear that right off the get-go, you know, that you're not. Everybody has kind of like that response where you know your value in God. But until we actually have like that connection with him, it's not going to feel true and authentic to us. You know, how many of you, how many people are probably listening right now or even ourselves like when we're feeling rejected and we're feeling lonely and we're feeling uh, anxious that people say, well, you just need to trust God or, you know, um, you know what the Bible says about you. And that seems so cliche, like it doesn't seem to offer peace. And, you know, part of that is, you know, is that we have to revisit Revisit the things that God has done for us, like how we see in Hebrews, that faith journey, that faithfulness of God in our lives. Um, And we also need to hear other people's testimonies, other people's testimonies about what they've been through. Uh, You know, so a young person, it's, it's a young person needs to see their parents, God. They need to see him, Mm. if that makes sense. They don't need to hear about him. They need to see him. So they need to see their parents being victorious. They need to see their parents going through things, but being okay. And I think that's one of the biggest lies from the enemy is that we shouldn't be going through the things we go through and that we should be accepted. That we should, you know, that's one of the biggest, the enemy is such a gaslighter. So he will gaslight us. Like he will be the one that causes the pain. And then he'll tell us, you shouldn't be going through this. Right. And so, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. And so one of the things is like our culture, especially, well, I say our culture, American culture, we're kind of wimps. I said it. We're kind of wimpy because we're so comfortable. Okay. We're so comfortable. And so it makes us soft spiritually. And so we believe that we shouldn't be uncomfortable. But Yeshua said, you know, and you, you all have trials and tribulation, but be a good cheer. And so the people that I work with, we focus on, and this is the same thing with the youth. We focus on, we, they have the same thing, like we eat challenges for breakfast. So that we already know that we're going to have challenges and we have to embrace whatever may come our way. And so, mm-hmm. you know, really, when you get to a child at that level, once they've got to that place where they feel rejected, any individual, once they feel rejected, like, um, it's going to be, that's, more difficult to, I'm not saying it's impossible because I've seen lots of people, lots of adults overcome rejection, overcome rejection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we can be proactive as parents and as mentors of, you know, showing, you know, showing how the reality of life, mm-hmm. the reality of life, the reality of life, that it's hard. Life is hard. Right. And until we embrace that concept, we're going to be anxious. Right. And letting and your children, to, oh, sorry. What's that? No, I'm sorry, ahead. I interrupted you. No, you're letting fine. Your, go ahead. Yeah, letting your children see, you know, what yes. whatever circumstance is on your plate right now, how you respond to that, because they see that as an example. Whether they like see it, see it, or just becomes like a like a normal, like that's what mom does, and that becomes part of their normal of oh, that's the way 
to handle this, that you know, you're you're getting on your knees, you're spending that time in prayer, you're going to the Father, and you're your dad as well, that you're able to see this example. Of course, you know, our parents, they're not gonna be perfect, we're not gonna be perfect, but having this goal that we can as best as we can, like be that example. Because of course our kids are watching, others are watching. Yeah, in some ways it's Anna, do you think it could be possible to teach depression, rejection, you know, these things to our children without, you know, without even realizing it? Because if we are living that day in, day out, and that is our mind, that is what they are going to experience in the home. That's what they're going to experience from between parents, because that comes into your marriage. And all right. When that happens, you know, uh, what impact does that have on our children? And, and what can we say to parents who may be struggling right now? Oh, well, one the thing with parents, like with children, you know, a lot of parents, we this is the one thing I'm just going to just share a, a very sharp word in love. Mm. But a lot of times I've seen even as a therapist and even as a coach where people want to bring their their problems, their pro- like children that are having problems, or maybe their behavior is pro- problematic, and they're just looking for a place to like, kind of like how you take your car to a shop and you're like, here's the keys, fix it, and call me when you're ready. And you know, we yeah. have to, as parents, start taking personal responsibility and not looking at our children as problems, not looking at their situation as problems, but looking mm-hmm. at this is a natural part of this life. So that's, that's the reality. Like, this is a natural part of this life. So, you know, we're going to have depression. We're going to have a spirit of rejection. We're going to have these experiences. Those experiences are not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So as parents, we need to overcome our things so that our children are able to, you cannot give what you don't have. Mm. So children, you know, we worry about generational curses. People say all kinds of prayers, but the... The curse sometimes is simply perspective. It's simply the language and the energy or the spirit in which the parent is approaching this life. And, you know, and so we need to start equipping our kids to be overcomers because that's who we are Amen. in and through Yeshua. Amen. But, you know, so so parents that wrestle with rejection, they need to do their work. You know, and then if their child has an issue, if their child has an issue, they go and get equipped so that they can carry their child through the journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in our, I say American culture is, is like, how do I submit a work order to get this fixed? And it's not about fixing. It's about becoming. Mm-hmm. So we're all we all have a journey and a work to do. And so one of the things I would say to everyone is like, don't make this stuff a big deal. What I mean, like, oh, that's good. <sighs> That's good. You know, don't, don't, you know, when we make it a big deal, the enemy just has a field day with it. You mm. know, don't get me wrong. Depression is, a, it's a terrible thing. Suicidal ideation is a terrible mm. thing. But this world has, it's a fallen world. So the enemy keeps gaslighting us and he just amps up the fear. You know, so when we look at depression, we should feel confident. You know, and I see so many parents that, you know, their children are having suicidal thoughts and I know it's scary. But that's the point where we have to stir up the victor in us. You know, mm-hmm. Yeshua is the victor. He he is at the victory. And so it's not that we're dismissive, but we're going to need that power to overcome. Right. Need, and, and, and 
Yeah, and there, and the other thing is, is that yeah. we all like what, what I notice with the people that I've worked with that are not, you know, that they're stuck in a challenge is that we fail to remember the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yes. And so we will read all the books, we will study every principle, but there's an element that can, the discernment that comes with the Holy Spirit, there's no replacement for it. There's mm. just absolutely no replacement for it. Right, and the transformation so. and the healing that the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can bring. You can know all the list of everything that you should do, could do, that are good things, absolutely, but you need the Holy Spirit involved. Right, because right. we're and, all and having guess, a unique experience. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. I guess at its core, you know, this may sound very simple to people, but at its core, I, I think a lot of, and I'm not saying that this is always the main reason, mm -hmm. However, it, I think in a lot of cases, it is the reason at its core to become more like Christ and to put on his mind. It means that you need to know him. It means that you need to spend time with him and have mm -hmm. intimacy with his Holy Spirit relationship, relationally making time to yeah. be with him uh, because your kids need that. Your spouse needs that. And. Mm -hmm. And there's one more thing you mentioned in the beginning here. I want to just highlight again, and that was of gratitude. Mm, yes. Being, being grateful. I think so many times when depression, anxiety, whatever comes our way, you know, that's the thing. Like you said, Anna, the enemy wants that to cause, like, take over our lives. Like, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is the thing in your life that's going to rule your life now. And you make it that. You make it this this massive thing in your life and it's not that we're playing it down brown sisters mm. we're not saying that it's no. not serious but it wants to be the god in your life it wants to be the ruler in your life mm -hmm. but you cannot serve two masters so you have to make room for the one true god you have to let him be your father and mm. and as you serve him then you can see perhaps around you everything it says every good gift is from above so every good thing that is that you have a family a, a place to lay your head and food on the table even the most simple things many people take that for granted in america mm -hmm. guys i'm not from here you guys should some of some of you should go and look at what it's like in some of the other countries in the world where these things aren't a given and and when you think of that like wow god thank you like, i'm grateful god yeah. god i can I can do basic things like I can eat, I can sleep and I have a family like, thank you. Mm. And with that gratitude, it's like, wow, like he's so good. Yes. And in that worship of, wow, God, you're so good. I all the other the other things, right? They it, it, it's placed in perspective of, wow, but but he's good, you know? Yeah, and that's of one of the, yeah, and that's one of the things is we, we do have to turn our eyes to Yeshua. And so the, when, we, when we look at his glory and we look at his grace, then we become to, we start, all of that just seems to pa start passing away. It all just starts to pass away. But, and that's what I was, you know, what we were saying earlier, PD, is like, we have to be proactive. You know, like we have to be doing not the relational things, the relational things like meeting with him and acknowledging Amen. him and, you know, getting into the scriptures and reading the scriptures through the, with the Holy Spirit. You know, reading the word 
with the Holy Spirit instead of like, okay, what can I teach somebody? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Say louder. We have to be students. We have to be students. And this really, you know, one of the things that Father's been speaking to me here just in 2024 is that there's been a disciple failure. And he's, and of course, Yeshua is not failed. But we, the disciples, we've had a failure to follow. Mm. We've not chased and pursued after him. You know, we should be pursuing after him, like right there, as close as we can get behind him, trying to touch him, trying to reach him. And when we actually do the things that disciples are to do, then we will be better equipped to handle these things. And we need to be equipped because these things are not going away. They're not going away. Uh, and so I think that's the thing. Our the American culture in particular is waiting for things to pass away, waiting for father to just intervene. And don't get me wrong. He does intervene, but the intervention happens within us. You know, he operates through human beings, human vessels. And, you know, and so we've got to get back at being disciples. We've got to get back to thinking like a disciple, like really being a student of Yeshua. Student of the word, but in and through the lens of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, so, you know, that's, I think that's one of the major issues. And um, parents can't, children are meant to be discipled. And if you're not discipled, how can you, how can you disciple? Absolutely. You know, when you said earlier about dropping a car off at a mechanic, and that's how we could be, you know, uh, this is not always the case, but sometimes, you know, even at like youth camps, you know, absolutely yeah. there are good parents, right, who have kids at youth camps. So please understand that where my heart is here. But sometimes we can say, oh, the church pastor or whoever, they can take care of the spiritual responsibility of my children. They, it's not their responsibility. They are there to be there for your family. They are there to support you, but your child mm -hmm. is your spiritual responsibility. That mm -hmm. is whom God has given you. He's not given the child to your pastor. He's given the child to you. Right. So it is essential that we take that responsibility as seriously as it is, because we will have to stand before God, right? And, and I know most parents know this, but I think it's worth remembering. We, we will have to stand before him and an answer right for how that how that responsibility was nurtured in our household and it begins with us it begins with us right. that it's not just about us it begins with us and it's about everyone around us who we have the ability to touch right so, right and so so as parents we have to you know you know i have eight children and i you know I've made a lot of mistakes over the years. I mean, I have, I have yeah. three that are grown, um, but we have to equip ourselves. Mm. We have to equip ourselves. And so if we see our children going through something, then we need to go out and figure out first what it is that we can do to be the parent because those children were given to the parent. So the parent needs to figure out what can I do to equip myself mm. to to provide whatever my child needs. And I'm going to be wrong. You may need this, the support of someone, depending on whatever, you know, like whatever's going on, however God chooses to bring healing. Because he chooses how the healing comes. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you should be praying. You should be listening to the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. You should be seeking wise counsel. But a lot of times these kids are, they're inheriting mindsets. Right. Mm-hmm. Attitudes. Mass language. 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 You know, you can't mm-hmm. say to a child, you know, this is the way you're to think, but then your language is contrary. You know, it's like be happy, but then all they hear is the parent saying, you know, yeah. or be grateful, but all they hear is the parent murmuring and complaining. Or you oh, know, yeah. everybody loves you, but the parents being harsh. Kids are observers; they're experts mm-hmm. at looking at the parents' behavior. Not as much what they say, but I mean, they do that too, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah. they also look mostly i would say actually imitate you know i remember as a child i have this memory my dad was walking in the mud or sand or something and i wanted to jump and be in his footsteps right like i wanted to imitate my dad and that's ingrained in us so so what we say has to line up hypocrisy has to be far from us but i also want to say uh, just to any parent who may have a child who's you know, uh, maybe suffering, right? I think there's maybe many of them in the chat right now. And mm-hmm. I want to also say that if that's happening, that doesn't mean you're a failure, right? Yeah. Don't, no. don't think that, don't let the enemy also use that and say, well, you, you made all these mistakes. You're the reason all this stuff don't, that's not the mind of Christ, right? The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. Don't let him kill you inside, try and murder you with guilt and shame and condemnation. The father comes and he calls truth forth, but he also encourages and he loves you where you're at. And and even if we make mistakes, our God is even greater than our mistakes. As If we lift up our children to him and we say, Lord, come and have your way. And if we are responsible in our mistakes, if we made a mistake and we say and we go to our children, we repent to our right. children. Even if our children made mistakes, you have to be as the parent, the one to go. You have to be the one who's the mature adult mm-hmm. in the room because you are and and approach them and repent if you've seen you've done something wrong so that there can be in the heart of the child. The child will usually not tell you. They don't even know why they're angry. Sometimes they don't know what why the why they struggle. But sometimes it's because deep in the heart, there's something that they don't even know how to express. And by the parent coming, they can break that open and bring healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you can do everything, you know, as a parent and you can actually be doing you very good parent. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you could be a very good parent and your child still be wrestling with depression Mm -hmm. and the enemy wants us to feel like condemned and like we're failure as parents. We're wrestling and wants to shame us. If our children are wrestling with depression or, uh, and even even the body, uh, you know, the body, you know, body of believers will sometimes shame you. Like you must have done mm. something wrong. You're, mm. uh, and that's not necessarily the truth. That's not necessarily the truth. But the when your child is going through something, instead of getting into that headspace of like, oh, I'm such a failure, or being drawn in by emotion, mm. just cut that off and say, okay, I need to rise up. What is it that I need to know? You know, we got the enemy comes to distract. He's that he loves wasting our life through distracting us. 
And so we, when we see something going on in our life, in our feelings, in our, in our thought life, that's unholy. We simply need to seek the father. We may need to seek counsel uh, and just put on the mindset of Christ. Like, okay, how do I approach this? How is God going to be glorified? In this? Um, and, you know, and, and not making a big deal about depression and anxiety, but making a big deal about our God in a real, in a reasonable, realistic way. I'm not saying to ignore what we're going through. So. Absolutely. Amen. That's good. Uh, and uh, perhaps we can talk about rejection a little bit more specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, people who've suffered rejection, tell us a little bit about the effects it has on people and Mm -hmm. what they can do to Mm -hmm. deal with, with that. Well, rejection, oh my goodness. Um, rejection has a language. I call it, I call it a spirit of rejection because it has a language. It has a mindset. And when you are underneath that, um, that bondage, that mindset, uh, and, and usually it comes from, most often it comes from an outside source. You know, maybe it's you were rejected or bullied as a child and that weared on you, that wore on you, or maybe even in the womb, you know, you weren't received by a parent or whatever. But rejection is so cancerous to our lives. It, it can impact the type of job you work, the friends that you have the people that you marry, how you parent, how you dress, like it is so cancerous. Uh, And so what happens is is that we have to deal with the language. And usually when we're under that spirit of rejection, like that language, you know, I say spirit, I'm talking about language, that language, Um, it hijacks the flesh, okay? So the flesh actually has these experiences, you know? we have to look at the mindset and we have to rewire our physical brains. So that, say, and that's the fragmented part. That's when you say that, when you say the flesh mm-hmm. has um, these experiences, are you mm-hmm. talking about people who suffer with rejection a lot? They think things and experience things that aren't actually like true but yet it feels well, so real or what do you mean that too that too it well it hijacks the brain rejection is a traumatic experience and so that's the other thing is like when i say this fragment like frag, we're fragmented is that we forget that we you know a lot of times we forget we get over spiritual and we will forget that we have bodies that are impacted by by pain like literally our brains, the, the pathways in our brains can be uh, manipulated and we can get stuck in a negative thought pattern through pain. And that's why it's really important that we, you know, that, that scripture says take every thought captive. It's really important that we reject rejection, that we mm-hmm. wrestle, that we wrestle. And so that's one of the things that I coach on is like, especially, you know, with people, like a lot of adults are overcoming through knowing how to address their body and the spiritual side of it. You know, like what do I do to make to get this brain with the program? Well, the way you get the brain with the program is you you consistently um, agree with Christ. You have to agree with Him concerning certain things, and you have to be disciplined. And a discipline is greater than feelings. You know, that's a, it's one of the fruits of the spirit: self control. 
So people are waiting for their feelings to be disciplined, but they must be disciplined in order to deal with their feelings. And so I coach people through like literally how to change the patterns in their brain. So right. people will go to therapy and they will process and they'll feel better. Like, so literally they're vomiting all these nasty thoughts and feelings and it does help. They feel better, but it doesn't change their brains. Right. So they're always sent to management all the time. We have yeah. to, so what I'm, what I'm learning is that we have to be, when it comes to like wounds, childhood wounds, trauma, we have mm. to be very aggressive and intentional about our thoughts and combating them. So I'll give an example. Let's say you, you, you identify what the thought is that speaks rejection. So it might be nobody likes you. You're not good enough. So you actually write that thought down because your, your brain needs to see it. Like you have to like train your brain. We're stewards of these bodies. So it's like literally working on the vehicle. So you write that thought down, you mark it out, you write the truth beside it, you say it out loud, and you revisit your handwriting over and over again. And then when you compare that with the community that is overcoming and the spirit-led group, you're healed. So but see, good. everybody's waiting for someone to take them to, you know, like the, right. the man on the bed who's waiting for someone to take him to the water. Right. right. Wow, we that's need, good. We need to, yeah, we need to get up and we need to do these things. And so we, we need to play a part in it. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, you have good. to go through the high water. You have to go through the fire in order to, because mm -hmm. overcoming is for the desperate. Yeah. It's for the oh, desperate. that's good. And, you know, and that's where you see, that's where God's glorified. He's glorified in the journey. Right. And this is hard, right? Because oh, it's hard. It's, it's very yeah. hard because it's it's the very thing that you don't want to do in the flash and the very thing that the enemy doesn't want you to do. So he's going to do everything he can to stop you from doing what Anna just said, because if if you if you're gonna address this thing that's been sitting in your heart for 10 years or 20 years, because I know that can happen, or 30, mm -hmm. 40 years, like if you could finally address that thing there that happened when okay. you were a kid and your mom said stuff or your boss said stuff or your whoever, like if you can finally reject it because you have made the truth your own, like I mm -hmm. love what you said, write down. What is God saying about this thought? Is this because that's, you know, um, that's auditing your heart. That's renewing the mind. That's yes. looking at God is this thought that I just received of you or not and letting his truth expose the darkness. Right. And also making mm -hmm. it a point as you're writing down these things, these thoughts that are coming to mind and then putting God's word, his truth next to it, his promises is if people are coming to mind that have rejected you to make it a point to forgive them or forgive them again and again and again, however often, like, again, I can speak from my own personal experience, the, the, the feelings of rejection from getting fired here or this, losing a friend there or getting betrayed here, you know, that starts to compound and it starts to eat away yeah. at you. But you need to, because that's a burden you're putting upon yourself. And Yeshua says, of course, give me your burdens, forgive them, release mm -hmm. them. And that is a part mm -hmm. of that healing journey. Yes, and he is, you know, so some of the, some of the methods that Father showed me with working with people with wounds, you know, is one, we have to detox. So we have to actually detox from all the toxic thoughts and mm -hmm. um, 
the impact in toxic things that have happened to us like we have to detox so we literally have to like mentally and emotionally vomit like if you, like as if you ate something very really bad and and then we have to uh you know so there's a migration first you have to detox before you can heal so first all of those things need to come out like you mm. need to be uh you have to be okay with vomiting and i don't know most people don't like the vomit so they'd rather just like keep it all inside but you don't feel better right so you have to find a safe environment to do that let it all out and then once you've purged all of that then you then there's a healing journey and part of mm. our healing journey is inviting Yeshua into our narrative. And let me tell you, when you invite him into the narrative, like the story of your life, and you don't have, like you, you've really got rid of some of that toxic stuff and you invite him in. I've seen mm -hmm. women in their 60s and in their 70s and even in their 80s overcoming childhood mm -hmm. wounds, overcoming childhood wounds and abuses mm -hmm. in the latter part of their life. Mm. And it's a that's journey. Nice. It's not a drive-through. It's a journey, not a drive-through. And I think that's American that's culture. Good. Like, you know, we want our so fast food cool. healings. <laughs> exactly. We're, you know, in the flesh, the flesh <laughs> wants that. But our spirit is willing. Our flesh is weak. And there's no substitute for discipline. You have to be disciplined. And and so that's why community is important for accountability. Yes. You know, we're stronger as a community. So finding a healing community and avoiding communities that like the name of the community might be betrayal group. No, sign me up for a healing group. You know, like <laughs> whenever the emphasis is on the pain and not mm. on the victory, you don't even want to be a part of that group. Right. You know, because you keep believing. Yeah, you keep believing the lie. Like, I mean, I'll just even call it like the victim sort of mentality and i'm not downplaying any of the horrible things that each of us have gone through with the yeah. rejections and the everything but when you keep yourself in a place that all these horrible things that have happened to me and you can never step out beyond the fact that god desires to use you and bless you and restore you in so many beautiful powerful ways but the enemy wants to keep you locked into this place of all the things that were done against you but god wants to do so many things in you and for you yeah, and, and you know, and I can relate. Like I'm saying this from a place of victory. I've been through that place. You know, a lot of people, that, especially people in Torah, we have a tendency to be on the perfectionistic side or overachievers. Mm -hmm. And that what that does is that pushes God out, and it becomes about what I can do. Mm -hmm. You know, and we don't realize it because it looks like it looks like a, a good cause that we're trying to do certain things. Uh, but we have to be like Joseph. Joseph went through Joseph, Daniel, the Hebrew boys, like they went, but you see how they, they view their trauma and their pain. They see it through the narrative of God's love. Right. And that's what we're lacking. That's where our healing is. You know, it's not that father's failing to give healing. We're failing to see his narrative. Mm. We're, we're not in walking him into your, to our story. Uh, and so that's part of what, what I do in the, heal, the healing program that I do is we mm. together get together and we share our testimony of our shame and things that we go through. And then we mm. rewrite the story through the word, through the lens of God's word. That's so good. Yeah. I, I think that one thing that people should realize is that, you know, in bringing God in here with that is he's the one who accepts you. Mm. And people, mm. he, he promises rejection. Like he promises that people, especially if you live for him, that people yeah. are going to reject and persecute you and hate mm -hmm. you even 
for his name's sake. And he said, that's it. Like, so what are we going to do with that? Well, it means that because he said that to us, we can take comfort that he said, this is going to happen, but it's going to be good. Because one day, whatever people have done to you, whatever betrayals, whatever rejections, whatever, like as long as you walk in righteousness, as long as you keep your side of the aisle clean, if, as long as you love your enemy, at the end of the day, everything is going to be cleared up. He is the perfect judge. And so that helps us to be like, God, you accept me like everyone rejects me. Would you accept me? I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but that's enough for me. And if that is truly enough for you, then the enemy can't put you into a spirit of rejection and keep you there. Mm. Because freedom is found in his acknowledgement and acceptance of you, not by what have you done. And that's what you said, Anna. We're so all about what we do and how perfect we do things. He accepts us despite the fact that we're not perfect. Let's just get it out there. We're not perfect. Let's and, and yes, we should we should attempt to please him the best we can. But we're not. So at the end of the day, like he dies for you while you were still a sinner. Mm. While you still rejected him, he died yeah. for you. Right. Well, when you yeah. rejected him. Yeah, it's good. Uh, cool. Yeah, and really what when I'm coaching people, I encourage them is that perfect is a heavenly thing. It is in heaven. It doesn't live here on earth. Okay? But what we are called to, the perfection that we're called to as saints is to be faithful. Mm. It is to be faithful. It is to be complete. That is perfection for us. Mm. So it means that I fall down twice, but I get up three. You know, okay. it's just faithfully showing up. And, you know, back to rejection a little bit. I was coaching a young lady and, you know, she had been rejected in high school. And here she, you know, she was a believer, professed Christian. And, you know, she wanted to get married. She was in her 30s. She was starting to get concerned that she would never get married. And she was sleeping around with different guys and just settling because of rejection. And I kept telling her what the word of God said about her relationship with him and her and how she needed to focus on him. And um, she kept blaming God for the fact that she didn't have anybody. And, you know, the truth is, is this is what rejection does. Rejection, if we give it too much footholding in our lives, we will find ourselves rejecting God. Mm. Because we'll reject, we're rejecting his word. He's saying, I love you. I have accepted you. I am more than enough. And we're agreeing that we're condemned and that we're not enough and that we can't have the promises. And that is rejecting God. And even following and I had that. To say that to her. Yeah, I had to say okay. that to her. And she did not like it because yeah. she didn't understand why he just couldn't give her a husband. But how can she get, how can he give her the promises if she won't receive him and accept him? And that's what rejection does to it can happen to any of us mm. you know like when we start to believe the lies we will start to reject the truth of god that's just the reality yeah, yeah. and 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 rejection i i don't know i mean it affects a bunch of things but mm -hmm. relationships is like such a huge thing that it affects because you no matter even and i found this that even you know, in people who suffer from rejection, even when they're told they're loved by others, 
that voice of rejection is so loud that they don't believe them. And they believe and they they fall into the idea that everyone is out, you know, to reject them. And so they start seeing rejection in things that really aren't people rejecting them, but it is appearing that way because their whole vision is like colored with this mm-hmm. from this past experience. What would you mm-hmm. for someone right now who's listening who's like that, who they see this pattern in their life, like what is the main thing you can tell them? Uh, you know, we talked about depression and we talked about like writing down uh, thoughts and, and mm-hmm. so on. Rejection specifically, what can people like that watch out for? You watch out for? Well, one of the things that I would tell people, anyone that's wrestling with rejection would be get to the root of, get to the root of it and cut it out like rip that root right out like rip it out and so spend some time looking at your language what is the language going on in your head and that's one of the things that all of us saints need to understand is is that we have to stop sorting all the stuff out in our heads and we actually need to level the, the, the fighting field a little bit so that means write it out look at it compare it to what the word of god says journal it out Ask God what he says about it. Like what we'll do mm-hmm. is we'll just sit in a room in our mind and let that thing just beat us up, mm-hmm. beat us up. Um, and so that's, we've got to level the playing field. We have a body, we have a body, so it's not fair. <laughs> like it's, it's not a fair fight anyway, but if we bring it out of us and bring it before the throne of God in prayer, we start things, so getting to the, getting to the root of like, the, all oppressive things, all oppressive, uh, you know, where we're looking at depression, anxiety, rejection, any of that, there's language. Mm. Identify the language. Once you identify the language, you're on the pathway to healing. Right. Because you wow. identify where in my thoughts did I go into agreement with this lie? Where? And then you start chopping away at that that root issue. So maybe it was, you know, maybe it was at school one time and somebody called you a name and they made fun of you. Maybe that's when it started. Well, yeah. what did you hear when they made Yeah, like what did you hear in your mind when they made fun of you? Like what is the language? And then wrestle to agree with God. Mm. And when you wrestle to agree with him, he meets you. But we, you know, we cannot want to feel better. We got to want to be who he's called us to be. And rejection will kill. It will. It will. It kills so much. It kills so much. And so it's a journey that we have to work towards. Every lie we have to undo by agreeing with God. Mm, over great. and over and over again. Uh, so that's where I would start with rejection is getting to the root of where where is it in my thinking. Right. And, and really just dismiss your feelings. You've got to dismiss your feelings. Right. You know, they're still there. They're still present. But you have to say, sit down, shut up. I'm working on something right now. I know. It's like, it's so simple. I didn't say it was easy. But literally, right. When you, you say know, dismiss your feelings, mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit more mm-hmm. about what that means. I, I think mm-hmm. on one hand, like people... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, 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 they fear their feelings and sometimes they also like repress them. They just, they don't mm-hmm. deal with them. 
So they continue mm-hmm. in the cycle. And I think you're not necessarily saying that. No, tell not us at all. Bit, Yeah, so tell us what do you mean by that? Well, with, with dismissing your feelings, what I mean is saying, okay, I don't really necessarily need your feedback right now. So you, you acknowledge, so the worst thing you can do is suppress your feelings. You do not want to do that because it's a ticking time bomb. You acknowledge that feelings are in the room, but you also acknowledge that they're unstable. And so you validate the fact, okay, I'm having this experience, but that experience doesn't rule me. The word of God does. And all we have to do, I mean, it's so simple. It's not easy, but all we have to do is wrestle to agree with him. And he meets us in the wrestle. Mm. And we wrestle in faith. We wrestle. So a lot of times we think we're losing because we're wrestling. But the wrestling is a trying of our faith. That's what it is. It's where we gain endurance, resilience, and testimony. And we're seeing Yeshua. Yeah, go ahead. I'd, I'd love to uh, ask this, bring up this question from the chat. It's a really good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Glitter Rose, she's asking, how do you rip that root out? Mm-hmm. In a nutshell. Well, it's a process with patience, with patience. One of the things that Father's revealed to me, you know, and I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm an action, I'm an action person. I like to get it done and I like it to get done quickly and efficiently. But getting to the root of a generational problem, and I'm not talking about generational curses as a lot of times people think. A generational problem is this grandma thought this way, mom thought like this, and now I think this way. Okay? That is going, that's deeply rooted. It's actually even probably in the DNA, in the way our brains are formed. So you getting to the root of it is taking your time to identify where in my thinking did I come into agreement with rejection? So if somebody said, you know what? You're fat and you're ugly. Maybe you're in eighth grade and somebody made fun of you because you were going through a little chunky stage or whatever. And they say, you're fat and you're ugly and people are making fun of you. And in your thinking, you thought, yeah, I am fat and ugly. You've identified where in your thought that happened. And then you start to change the narrative. You start to see it differently. Mm. We have to actually parent ourselves a bit. Right. You know, and, mm. and, and we see Yeshua wrestling with his wrestling with his flesh and his feelings before the crucifixion. Mm. Right. I mean, it's a real experience. And if we just watched him as he if we really watched him, how he walked this earth in flesh there, he's showing us, he's showing us the pattern. He wept. You know, he was persecuted, but we can see his mindset and his heart posture. And the heart posture is, it's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Father. And when we when we make it about him, it takes right. the heat off of us. Amen. And like Yeshua said on the cross, Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, in many ways, they knew what they were doing. But from his vantage point and from God's vantage point, mm. you know, and going back to our, our moment of that, first rejection, you can say, like what you described, you know, God, help me forgive that person. They didn't know what they were doing. Even if they did, mm-hmm. God, help me forgive that person. Um, because mm-hmm. that is where the healing begins as well. That forgiveness and letting yeah, go. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because one of the things, like when the, the healing program that I do, one of the things that Father highlighted as, as I was building this program is, is that 
we have to, if we want to be healed, we have to wrestle to forgive. Mm. We have to wrestle to forgive and we have to keep it real. You know, right. a lot of people that I work with, they want to be holy. They want to be sacred. So they, you know, they desire that, but they don't know how to do that. They're like, well, I'm mm. trying to forgive, but they're suppressing it. Mm. You know, and so you have to be real and authentic with Father. And he'll meet you there. Respectful, but authentic. Totally. Yeah. So I hope that answered the question. You identify where in your thinking, the language. Look at language. We are shaped by language. We are shaped by language. We think it's by experience, but we can experience anything and we will respond to it differently based upon the language in our minds. Right. And perception. Everything we're talking about, depression, rejection, anxiety, stress, fear, all these different things, you know, suicidal thoughts, self-hatred. When we are feeling these things, when our, our parents are feeling these things because they have wounds that still need to be healed, those things like we talked about, like the children seeing the example, these things can cause and create sometimes atmospheres that create um Unintentional abuse, intentional abuse through the way that we speak to others, our kids, our parents, our siblings, because we're speaking from our own hurt, our own rejection, our own anger, our own depression, our own self-hatred, which is that hatred now reaching out into what someone else is saying. And we're assuming they're rejecting us and now we're reacting to that. And this whole thing is now creating this atmosphere that a child sitting Mm -hmm. in and watching this, uh, maybe the relationship between a mother and father having this, this stuff going on, they're seeing it and they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't want that. And I'm, I'm getting hurt from it. Now I'm having my own stuff. And right. And this is, I'm not trying to put like a heavy weight on parents. We all can mess up. We all have things we need to heal from, but this kind of thing, we want to stop it. We want to nip it in the bud. We want to have healing mm-hmm. that begins in the home with the parents and that our children can also have that healing that they don't have this, um, uh, the, the, the traumas that we might have experienced when we were kids. You know, we want, we want that to, to start with us, the healing to start with us. Right. Right. And the other thing is we don't want to overcompensate. An mm-hmm. injured parent or someone that's come from a really like toxic family system they will sometimes clean up in a perfectionistic way. Right. And so then they have very fragile children, okay? And that's not holy either. So we can overcompensate. Like we can be like, I don't wanna be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents, they ruined me. I don't wanna ruin my children. So we'll create a very sterile environment. And the minute mm-hmm. our children are exposed to anything, they're fragile. They're having anxiety, they're having panic attacks. I've right. seen all this. Bro, right. actually, yeah. even in the poor community, kids that are homeschooled, uh, I mean, not that there's anyone wrong homeschool, but they have very isolated experiences. Mm-hmm. They're more anxious than children are like out there with wolves. I'm just saying. Yeah, um, that, that is absolutely true. Uh, it can be true yeah. at least, you know, in depending on yeah. the situation. Uh, yeah. Anna, so as we're coming to the, the end here, I would like us mm-hmm. to just touch on suicide. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is where things get to a point where it's getting to that. So um, if there is any uh, parents with their children watching, you know, this is maybe a part where, you know, yes. you may want to, yeah, we're going to talk about something here. That's not necessarily for small ears always. Uh, so mm-hmm. when it gets to this place, tell us someone who's listening right now who feels, you know, they've, dep- they've had depression, they've had rejection, mm-hmm. or they've had something else and it's 
bottled up to a point where now they're feeling like they want to end things. Mm -hmm. What do you say to someone like that? Someone that's wrestling with suicide. I would say that you have a choice. You have a choice. You can agree with what you're hearing and feeling, or you can disagree. And see, a lot of times suicide is, depression and suicide is a bully and it's, an, it's anti-Christ because we are created in the image of Christ, mm. of Yeshua. And so anytime that we hear that pressure to kill ourselves, it is literally Satan himself trying to destroy the image of Yeshua. Um, and so knowing that you do have a choice and that it's not easy, but to seek support, and, you know, I would like to talk to parents who have children that are wrestling with suicidal thoughts and behaviors. I would say to them, do not be afraid. Because if you're afraid, you can, there's places you cannot make wise decisions from. And the two places is, is fear and guilt. You will all, you will always make the wrong decision when you decide from those two factors. And so I would tell them to not be afraid and know who their God is and to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord first and ask him to reveal. That's where the Holy Spirit comes into play. Ask him to reveal the, the connections that you're supposed to have, the things that you need to know. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's, you know, that I hope that answered your question. Mm, you know, absolutely. just because you are having an experience doesn't mean you have to agree with it. And... And I guess I'll also yeah. add for, for anyone who mm -hmm. feels that way that it is never, never true that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It is never true that you're not worth it. Mm -hmm. It's never true mm -hmm. that you are not loved because there was someone who laid his life down for you and he didn't do it for you to not cherish that. It's for you to become all that he's called you to be and he is cheering you on our god yeshua the messiah he is cheering you on and he is calling you to become a vessel so ultimately if you could believe that he is there that he is real and if you think back in your life think about the times he was there think about the times that that he showed up that think about the blessings that he has given you and even when people have rejected you when people have not done what they should have done, because this is what people sometimes they don't do what they should do. Oftentimes yeah. people have mistreated me. People have mistreated all of us on this broadcast, but I cannot let that be what controls me. What controls me is the Holy Spirit and the voice of God. Mm -hmm. That has to be what animates me. That has to be what gives me life. I can't try and find life in anything else. And if I do, I'll run the well will run dry really quickly. And I'll wonder now what? Well, go to the living well, the, the waters of life that who is Christ, drink of him and you'll never go thirsty again. You'll be satisfied and you'll find in that your calling, your purpose, meaning, and you'll find that you can become meaningful in this world to others and that others they actually do cherish you. They do actually love you, even if some have, have not in your life because they didn't know who they were. They didn't know that they were called. They didn't know who God was. Yeah. And so they didn't know who they were. Mm -hmm. But don't let that stop you from understanding who you are and God loves mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say as well. Uh, Anna, as we start wrapping this up, 
tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about how people can uh, find out more about your ministry. If they want to learn some more about mm -hmm. the things we've been talking about, please share. Yeah, so you can go to overcomingdaily.com. That's where I have all of my resources, like whether you're interested in a, doing a de detox program with me, a healing program, or getting um, you watching my YouTubes or any of the things that I have, uh, my book, um, Eight Steps to Overcoming Every Life and Spiritual Challenge. Uh, there's lots of things that you can listen to. I have a tea time where I answer really hard questions on how to overcome it, just the things that we go through in life regularly so yeah overcomingdaily.com is my website so all right great well we're gonna definitely put a link to that in the video yes. description guys so if you want to find her links go look at it and please go check her out uh, as you can hear she's really helping people mm -hmm. uh, and i also share about the uh, retreat that you you're planning right now yes. yeah so so we're having the overcomer retreat 4.0 and pd you and christina are going to be there right Yes, and, uh, we're going to so be there. Be like, yeah, and it's the rise up. And so um, the reason, part of the reason is, is that we're dark, darkness is prevailing because the overcomers are not rising up. And so this is a time mm. for fellowship and actually meeting God there and, um, and fellow, you know, fellowship in the presence of God and equipping. We'll be talking about, you know, practically. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that a lot of we, we lack a lot is like practically how do we be those overcomers? And so that's what we're going to be doing. That's March 1st through the 3rd. And that is the overcomerretreat.com. If you guys are interested in attending, it's going to be in Lindell, Texas. So, and there will be other overcomers there. It's going to be amazing. Amazing oh, time. Awesome. We're excited. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited. It's yeah. going to be great. So, guys, uh, please go check that out as well. The overcomer retreat. We'll leave a link to that as well. Yeah. And, um, and I just want to say thank you so much. This was really good. We should have you on again. Uh, I think uh, people, this is not talked about, like, mm -hmm. almost at all, mm -hmm. like, literally. So right. I, I, I really hope that this helped you guys out. So, guys, um, I want to just say a special thank you for joining us. If uh, this has been a blessing to you, you can uh, text Yeshua to 94000, and you'll get a text every time we go live. And I also want to say a special thank you to Anna, and we want like to bless her. So if you would like to uh, make an offering for her time that she shared with us here tonight, which we are so grateful for, you can go to riseandfar.com. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Blessings, shalom. Shalom. Shalom.